Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Today we have Terry Korean Effects M in the house. Terry is a world-renowned beatboxer. He was a contestant on Canada's Got Talent in 2012. Uh, he won the beatboxing championship in Korea, also in Germany. And uh, he is one half of the dance box duo with Mike Song. And he also, well, we also rocked with him on ABDC Season 8 for the dance box performance. Um, Terry is uh, one of the best of his trade. I think he's a genius when it comes to beatboxing. He gets into his history of how he found it, you know, to his upbringing and all that. A lot of stories that I didn't know because I think we share a lot of time in the creative space, in the work environment. To learn his background on how he found beatboxing was really interesting. And then he goes into how he got down to, you know, figuring out how this can be a career path for him. So his whole journey to L.A., things that he's learned while living in L.A., living in the, enter- or, you know, traversing through the entertainment industry. A lot of cool insight on on things of that nature. And it's kind of cool to see how he views beatboxing and how there's a foundation to it. Something that I never learned and I was kind of educated on the foundations of beatbox. So that's really cool. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com. Dot com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic brand. Um, fun conversation. Terry's a funny dude. Just a lot of laughs. It's going to be a, a good, fun one. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to the Kinjas podcast movement in the shadows. I'm your host, Ben. And today in the house, we have Terry Korean Effects M is in here. What's up, Terry? Not much, man. How's life, man? Life's good. Um, We're trying to to get you in here for a bit. (laughs) No, it's all good, though, man. What's what's going on in your life, though, man? How how is uh, is work life? How's everything? Work life's good. Um, I've been busy, Um, even considering that, like, my content output hasn't really been anything. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh But. Um, I feel like beatboxing is just getting bigger right now. So yeah. um, there's more opportunities and there's like a more of a market for it now. Yeah. Like even if you just look at, um, you know, Will Smith, the other day he posted this uh, two videos back to back of this one beatboxer. You know, oh. 10 million views. Boom. Made the kids. You know, he's he's good now. Tight. He's got like a million followers are like you know, overnight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> and so now that's great for beatboxing because it's going to even open the doors more right yeah so work is good um i've uh, i just wrapped up a project like a, a national campaign with this one uh a car company um it's gonna come out very soon okay um working on some other things um with a couple other things i can't really say what it yeah, is yeah, but yeah. you know I, you, I got some you. projects hey, in the pipeline yeah. you know we were t- we were kind of talking before yeah. we, we started shooting mm-hmm. this um uh you know a little bit about that but um yeah. you know it's 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 been slow, but it's been busy at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know. Yeah, sometimes you kind of have to like to build the momentum before things kind of unleash. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's been slower, but the projects are bigger now. Yeah. So it's up. like, 
You feel me? Yeah. 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 I mean, for the sake of uh, our audience, um, a lot of people probably know who you are, but those who don't. Right. So, Terry, we, we met you back. Um, well, the relationship originally started with you and Mike, Mike Song. Yeah. Right? And you guys did the dance box uh, mm-hmm. video that went super duper viral. Right. And then you guys were on the Ellen show, like mm-hmm. doing that stuff live, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually when we, as Ken just went on ABDC, you hopped on and we did the dance box mm-hmm. um, on TV, man. That was yeah. wild, man. Um, but for the for the sake of our listeners who may not know the backstory of you, uh, give us like a brief uh, rundown of yeah. where you're from, where you grow up, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, so um, my real name is Terry. Um, I go by Korean Effects, which is my stage name. Um, my parents are from Korea. I was born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Uh, moved to L.A. about like six and a half years ago, six years maybe or so. Basically, um, I grew up in a really musical family. Um, my father played the piano. My mom was a singer in the church choir. Both my sisters played instruments, et cetera, et cetera. So I was always surrounded by music. Yeah. Um, my dad would always be playing piano in the house and, you know, he would always be playing classical music on the radio and stuff like that. So completely 24 seven, basically immersed in music. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually I started to play the piano like any good Asian kid yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after the piano, I went on to the flute because both of my older sisters, I was the youngest of three siblings, or I am the youngest of three mm-hmm. siblings, um, both of them play the flute. <clears throat> so I picked up in their footsteps, literally, you know, picked up one of their flutes because they got like the bomb flutes, like the yeah. nice silver joints. <laughs> I was like, damn, if I have this, I'll be like the coolest kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went to an art school. So that's why I picked up um, instruments kind of early. Yeah. Um, there's a school in, in Toronto called Claude Watson and it's like, you have to audition for it. It's like an art school, like, yeah. you know, for the artsy fartsy crowd. And yep. so, um, I got in cause both of my sisters went there as well. And I have like cousins who went there as well. So like my family in general, like not in general, but like people in my family have like a knack for music. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, get in there. I start crushing the flute. I'm okay. talking about, I'm taking lessons. So I'm like, you know, like really like putting in the work. Yeah. So my band teacher, like, um, like just band class, she, um, I was like the first chair, um, you know, there's like first chair, yeah. second chair, uh-huh. first row, second row. Mm-hmm. So I was first chair, first row, um, killing it. Right. And she's like, Terry, I want you to try out for the senior band, which mm-hmm. was, um, grade seven and eights. And I was only in sixth grade okay. in Canada. We say grade seven, grade eight, sure. not seventh grade, and eighth grade. In case you're like, <laughs> yeah, this guy's weird. Got it, got it, yeah. Um, so anyways, I auditioned for it and I ended up getting second chair in the senior band and I was only um, you know I was a junior I just started playing the flu like a few months ago Yeah. (laughs) so it was crazy obviously because my sisters played it they influenced me and I was you know able to pick it up a a lot quicker than others but it was crazy because after I got in the band like the um, the senior band not just band class this was like the competitive band Mm -hmm. right the one that would go out to competitions and stuff and competing we would compete against high schools um, and we would like win sometimes because It was an art school, right? So the threshold to like, basically, obviously, you have to have a musical ability mm-hmm. um, to be in that band, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, but I mean, just to even get in that school, you have to have like decent artistic abilities yeah. in all the different categories: dance, drama, um, art, and music. But crazy thing happens: I'm killing the flute, I'm crushing it so hard, and then I stopped taking lessons. Mm. And so what happened was I was falling off, and basically the conductor like the 
<clears throat> my band teacher, who was the the conductor in the band as well, she started demoting me. <laughs> <laughs> so it started in the the senior band. Yeah. And I was like, okay, understandable. I have to be tip top shape if I'm gonna be, you know, second chair in the senior band. Yeah. Yeah. I go like third chair, fourth chair, and then like second row. I'm like, all right, this is it's pretty, you know, it's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can I swear? Sorry. That's all good. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. But then, anyways. Um, even back in band class, um, you know, with the same people, uh, the same, uh, like my, my class, like sure. band class, she demoted me to like second row as well because mm-hmm. I was just falling off. Why and were you falling off? Because I wasn't taking lessons anymore. Oh, okay. So you kind of started tell. to stop caring about it as much then. It, it wasn't so much, mm, I can't recall if it was so much not caring or if it's just, it was getting harder maybe to like mm-hmm. get better mm-hmm. because I hit. I hit that. I hit like a pretty high uh, mark already, uh-huh. and I was like, "How can I get better?" And I was, I got bored with it. Got I guess you. I got yeah. bored with yeah. it. So I, I guess you are right. Yeah, like I kind of wasn't interested mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and so I decided I was gonna go try the drums. Okay. And so this is where I really fell in love with like rhythms and yeah. beats. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I just completely, you know, hit the ground running um, with the drums and basically ended up getting like a you know like a, a secondhand drum kit from one of the other drummers in um in the class that i was in mm-hmm. um i so i had a kit at home and i would be playing it constantly constantly and it wasn't like the flute it wasn't like i would just play it because i had to it was because i wanted to yeah it's because I, I was actually enjoying myself mm-hmm. and like yeah that's how i discovered like beats which mm-hmm. eventually transformed into beatboxing so mm-hmm. whenever i wasn't around the drum kit i would just you know imitate it like you know, just chilling, yeah, just yeah. like, you know, just everyone does that. Yeah. Almost, you know, basically every musician is going to have some sort of like yeah. rhythmic vocal they're, where they're going to like imitate something or like that. So that turned into that. And, you know, fast forward a bit. And now it's like in my career. Yeah. Do you feel like cause you're talking about being bomb at the flute, which is like a wind in this instrument mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then drums and then you fuse Combine it together? It, is right. that beatbox? I mean, is that like it's stupid almost to assume that? No, what it's it is? not stupid. I mean, like because, you know, you're totally right with the wind instrument, yeah. the flute, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all, all like breath control yeah. and lung capacity and just using your air. And then with the drums, it's all rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that sense of rhythm and with that. Um, the breath control that I, you know, developed with the flute. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. I was yeah. totally able to just, you know, use those and be become a beatboxer yeah. who was like, I guess, able to, you know, do it a little bit better than all the other kids who were doing it at the yeah. time because everyone was beatboxing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. So what what year was this around when you felt like you were kind of starting to get into the beatboxing? Um, this was probably like 2000, like. Hmm. getting into it I would say like actually into it like researching it and like really figuring out about the culture I would say about 2004 I was mm-hmm. getting into it mm-hmm. but when I first started it which was when I started playing the drums mm-hmm. um, was about two like maybe 2000 mm-hmm. maybe a little bit earlier mm-hmm. maybe like 1998 okay. 1999 so like yeah. the late 90s gotcha. you know I was like maybe 8 or 9 years old 10 years old mm-hmm. um, and yeah that's when I first like discovered it so were you already kind of researching you know from like Razelle mm-hmm, to Dougie mm-hmm. Fresh and all those guys definitely yeah. um I mean there was this one resource online called humanbeatbox.com mm-hmm. um and when I discovered it I found all these articles you know different tutorials and stuff 
and they actually had a forum and on the forum you can uh basically battle people and so you oh, upload your own audio clips and yeah. people will vote for which one they think is the best and yeah. you have like a certain amount of time for the Yo, voting I think to I go remember that yeah. it's crazy uh-huh, uh-huh. so you know you would upload it to um what's that one uh website not soundcloud but sound sound click okay okay <laughs> so you would yeah. you would upload it to sound click uh-huh. you know the audio file and then people would just vote yeah and i basically it was like a community and yeah. so i found like you know people who did the same thing as me and who took it as seriously as i did and so you know at the time i was like you know 11 12 so like super nerdy like you know Dang, the, okay. the internet yeah. had just come out right like, you know right. dial up yeah. had just become a thing and so you know and so i was on there and just like researching researching uh-huh. trying to find all the you know materials i could yeah um because i was obsessed with it you know when i when i'm interested in something i get obsessed with it like yeah. i i'm with the like if I love something, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't put like, yeah, I hate putting like low energy into something. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to put like everything into yeah. it. Or it's like, I'm just not into it. Yeah. What's the point? Then? Yeah. yeah. So, I sure. mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I have like a very low filter for that. So like, I don't really, yeah. So like, if I'm not feeling something, it's like, I'm pretty sure people can tell. Yeah, you're just not into it. You yeah. Just yeah, okay. Because, like, you. if I'm yeah. into something, I'm, like, all charismatic. For and like, sure. vibe. like, right For now sure. I'm into this because, like, you know, this is tight. Yeah. You know, you're the homies, you know, Kinjas, you know, yeah. doing big things. Um, And it's good to just talk about, you know, stuff sure. that I don't really get to talk about normally yeah. because it's, you know, it's just usually me doing music instead yeah, of talking. Performing most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I usually perform. Yeah, so with that, though, so, like, um, as you found Beatbox and that became the passion that never kind of left you, right? Because, I mean, flute, it was it had its run with you yeah. and then you were over it. You found Beatbox and you're mm-hmm. like, yo, this is, I want to invest into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so with the the blow up of the internet and you kind of getting yourself out there and, and kind of getting into this community, meeting people, I'm assuming you probably meet a ton of people through that kind of community, mm-hmm. so kind of meeting people online. What was your first sort of a, a breakout exposure in terms of getting that live experience of someone actually inviting you to be like, yo, can you perform this in mm. front of th- these people? That was probably, that began in high school. Okay. Um, and I started performing at the school assemblies in front of my school and in front of all the teachers and stuff. So I went to a high school called Earl Haig, which was basically the um, sister school of the art school I went to. Okay. So backtrack a little bit. Um, in middle school at the art school I was going to, um, I started getting into like trouble and stuff and started getting suspended. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was like, maybe the school's too much for you. Maybe it's like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's go- maybe it's getting to me because I was like overachieving, trying to like, you know, <laughs> kill the drums and yeah. be good at academics too. But it was like, it was really tough. Yeah. So I started, you know, messing up and getting suspended, doing stupid things. Um, so she ended up putting me in like a regular public school. Mm-hmm. And so for my seventh and like, the, you know, the last two years of uh, my middle school um, days, um, I basically went to a normal school, like mm-hmm. a regular public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, I went to the, the high school or Lake, right? Mm-hmm. But the people from my middle school, the other one I went to, the art school, were there as well because mm-hmm. it was a sister school. So it was pretty crazy. Um, and then I ended up performing in the assemblies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I auditioned for it and I, you know, ended up, you know, getting into the assembly. Um, and it was kind of a big thing at this school, like assemblies, because the school had like, what, like 2,000 people, mm-hmm. 1,700 people. And, you know, we would 
all get into the auditorium and then like I would perform in front of everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I was only like 14, 15 at the time. So it was pretty crazy. Um, after that, everyone would just know me as like the beatbox kid, yeah. you know, like the beatboxer, like even the te- my teachers and stuff like like good job dude i was like what yeah, <laughs> like yeah. some of the teachers like the ones who were like failing me or whatever uh-huh. they'd be like you're amazing yeah i'm like, like how about you raise yeah. that grade up though <laughs> there was a there was a couple teachers who did actually help me out though oh, that's what's up there's a couple okay. funny situations where beatboxing has definitely helped me uh-huh. and gotten me out of sticky situations mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. given it, it's it's um provided the opportunity to get out of situations sure. <laughs> um i think towards the later years of my high school days um my chemistry teacher was like terry if you just hand in this assignment i'll pass you because <laughs> like uh miss fradkin shout out if you're watching <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go um yeah no she was cool she would always like you know you know big up my my beatbox and mm-hmm. be like you know i believe in you and say yeah, i think yeah. you're gonna do big things with this but she was like you know but if you want to pass, just hand it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, ended up didn't hand, handing in the assignment. Ended up, <laughs> you didn't even hand Ended up assignment. dropping out of high school. Went oh, to Germany okay. to compete in the World Championships, beatboxing. Whoa, okay, um, okay. I didn't win, but I lost against the guy who won it all. Came back to Canada, and yeah. I was like, yo, what the hell? Life's so normal here. I don't want to, like, I was, you know, I, I felt the rush of being on an international stage right, for the first right. time. okay. Well, not the first time, actually. Um, I had performed in Korea, but, like, I guess... In Germany, it was really international because it was a world championship okay. rather than just a Korean championship. Because I've been to Korea to battle before, okay. uh, prior to being in the world championships. So in my high school days, like um, in my early years, um, I went to Korea to compete in shit. So I actually won the Korean championships twice. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. So how did you get into even like the knowledge of there being that competitive circuit? You know, for you to think mm-hmm. that, okay, I'm going to drop out of high school. I'm going to go to Korea to enter this beatbox battle. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, well, I dropped out of high school to, well, I didn't necessarily drop out to compete. But okay. I, I went to compete at the Worlds in Germany at okay. that time. That's what um, led me to basically follow my dream. So you would just kind of find out about the circuit through just online people. Yeah, it was, like it was yeah, about purely online. Things. I would okay. just, you know, l- look up the forums yeah. and like look up events. Yeah, did your was, parents support that? The whole going out You know out what's there crazy? Um, they did to to a certain extent. Like actually my mom used her like air mile points to, to fly me to Germany for that Sick. trip. Okay. Yeah, so that was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, they were, they were really supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for Asian parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also you know, coming from a musical background, they also appreciate it more. Mm. And they also, you know, they're, they're really rooting for me. And they try to also put their own input and be like, oh, you know, yeah, whatever musical input they might have, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and trust me, they've got lots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, my dad's like, you know, both my mom and dad have Instagram now and just to like follow me. And like, <laughs> they, you know, they like, you know, my dad likes all my stuff. Um, he's always retweeting and <laughs> commenting and like it's hilarious. So you never had any pushback from your parents to stop doing this and then get Oh no, a, there's totally pushback. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, there was tons of pushback when I was younger. Yeah. Um, you know, when things weren't going as well as they sure. are now, obviously, yeah. right? You know, I was getting, you know, in trouble, skipping school, um, you know, doing you know, hanging with the wrong crowd. Yeah. And so obviously you know, I wasn't like a model, you know, a child, model yeah, student, model yeah. son. So 
beatboxing wasn't exactly the best way to like you know because <laughs> i'm sure for korean parents i mean some pursuing any art form whether it be singing dancing acting yeah, that's already dangerous. sketchy for them but then when you tell them i'm gonna beatbox they're probably like what is yeah. that yeah. <laughs> like w- that doesn't G- even F. fall under any of those other categories that i'm already saying no nope. to so how does beatbox you know like how do you convince korean parents that beatboxing is this you i don't know, promising career it was a you know what? I think my journey, my journey basically spoke for itself. Like mm. the things I was doing and they were amounting to was able to prove to them that like, oh, maybe he's like onto something. Mm. I think the first moment that they were really accepting and like they were like, oh, OK, was when I think my mom's friend like hit her up. And was like, yo, your kid's in the newspaper, like the Korean newspaper. Oh, yeah, that's huge. It's <laughs> huge. huge for Koreans. <laughs> You've made it if you're like, in the Korean newspaper. Prior to that, I, I did like a Telus commercial, which is like a phone company yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like in, a national phone commercial. I did like a Coke commercial, like a, some whatever. Um, but yeah. Dang. The Korean newspaper yeah. was the one where they're like... All right. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. They, they, that's the stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, yo, yeah, our I friends guess, are talking about you. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> so you're 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 kind of proving to your parents that this is something that I'm good at, and look, I'm getting work, and, and things are things are mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah. So at the time, I was getting you know like a couple hundred dollars a show and stuff. And yeah. I, was, I think you know I was like 15, 16 year old. As a kid. kid, that's huge. I was like, yeah. damn, this is crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? People are paying me money. Yeah. To beatbox like at their wedding or like at their party, and shit. Yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was intense. Um, when did you move out to LA, or, or what was the thing that made you feel? Because you say when you got back from Germany back to Canada, you're like, "Yo, Canada is yep. not the energy I need to be around mm-hmm, right now." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was that the time where you you were thinking that LA was a place? It wasn't you need to come to? on my mind yet, but definitely like I was. Yeah, I was trying to get out of of, of Canada, mm-hmm. not get out, but like I was trying to see what i could do sure there yeah and then i guess i realized that you know after i got a little bit bigger and was more experienced and you know my career was developing more or more developed um i was like where could i go so what triggered this um the move to la was actually when i was hired for a commercial um so john chu you know director of crazy rich asians Mm -hmm. um gi joe you know step up um he saw my video that i did with mike mm-hmm. the dance box mm-hmm. and then he also saw did you do dance box while you were still living in canada i did so I had, how did you and mike link up then? basically um i met mike you know at this event in 2009 called the beatdown it's like this dance competition mm-hmm. i was a guest performer mm-hmm. and he was a judge um we actually met at the after party so mm-hmm. he didn't even see me perform but he's like yo i heard you killed it and i was like yo dope you know mike song like mm-hmm. nice to meet you um so we kept in touch yeah and then um i basically made a trip to la because i was like fuck it yeah yeah <laughs> pk um paul kim yeah, uh-huh. uh collaboration was like terry you should just come out stay with me i stayed with pk yeah you know god bless his soul and his family yeah. um stayed there for a couple weeks linked up with mike yeah and we created the dance box that's wow. when um Bangalore, yeah. yeah. You just, you guys just yeah. got it. it was empty. Yeah, and we <laughs> created that in the empty Bangalore. That's amazing. <laughs> so many magical things so happen. So many at magical Bang, things, <laughs> and so yeah. you know. And I had a couple other like viral videos at the time. So John, yeah. who's seen it, um, and he just cold emailed me. He's like, you know, I got this commercial. I'm doing a Microsoft commercial. Um, 
and it's for the Grammys, and it's like big. It was like an international mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, I think it'd be go- it'd be dope if we had you beatboxing in it. Sick. And so I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. This is like, yeah. I was like, yo, this is huge. Like, you know, it was massive. Yeah. You know? Probably, you know, definitely one of the biggest, you know, jobs I've had to date. Um, and definitely the most like transformative and yeah. like kind of, um, you know, path leading job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ended up getting the commercial and Mike was actually in it too. He ended up getting a part in it too. Right. Um, so after that, you know, I had some, you know, I had some flow. And so I was like, yo, I'm gonna move to LA. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my friends, um, were like, yo, just move. Yeah. Like yeah. do it. Um, like dumbfounded, you know, Mike obviously was like, yeah, it's a good idea. PK. Yeah. And then John Chu also was like, yeah, you know, do it, you mm-hmm. know? And it's crazy. When I moved to LA, I first moved out. Um, I think I stayed with Dumbfounded for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I even stayed with John Chu for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he let me stay at his place. Sick. Um, I think I stayed with Mike for a bit. <laughs> like, I was staying with yeah. all the homies. You're just and, couch like, surfing. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. just couch surfing at the beginning. And, like, you're just, you know, super blessed and thankful for, yeah. you know, people, you know, to open their homes to me and just, like, just let me in. Like, you know, like, fam. It was dope. Um, and, you know, after that, I got my feet on the ground. Um, got my own place and then, you know, now I feel like I'm very much yeah. a... So you're like six six years deep six now? Six years yeah. deep, yeah. Um, so, okay, when you made that switch to um, move to L.A. from Canada, in your mind, was that already a career move for you? You, you were, you were oh, saying sure. to yourself, I'm going to pursue this as my career and I'm going to make it happen in L.A.? 100%. I yeah. think I realized that it's what I wanted to do as my career before I went to Germany for okay. the World Championships. Okay. So... Around the time, I think, when I won the first Canadian Championships, which was 2010. Yeah. Or, sorry, no. When I won um, the Korean Championships. Because mm-hmm. when I went overseas, that's when I realized, like, yo, it's kind of, like, popping. Like, people are, like, going crazy over here. Yeah. And it's, like, I started making, vi- making videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started going viral because of Korean, the Korean community. Yeah. It was getting posted in Korean sites and stuff. Yeah. And so that's when I was, like, I think I can do this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just... With, with you, okay, so now I, I would say culturally speaking, beatbox mm-hmm. is typically not looked at as um, coming from the Asian culture, right? No. <laughs> you know, right? No, it's so a- it's rooted in hip hop, you know, and all that. So uh, w- did you have any, or did you face any challenges you being the way that you look, an Asian kid who can mm-hmm. beatbox, did you face any difficulty or was that kind of actually to your advantage? I think it might have been to my advantage. Yeah. It was like, you know, the un, you know, unassuming Asian kid and right. like, oh shit, like, you know, small kid, big beats type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, beatboxing, you know, at the root of it is just, you know, talking. It's just, you know, speech. Sure. Um, so that was obviously, you know, since time, people have been using sounds to, you know, communicate, you know, yeah. with the clicks in Africa, with like, you know, different dialects in China, you know, that's just how people have been communicating. Mm-hmm. So beatboxing has always been around, but I mean, I guess it came, it became popularized in, in the States in mm-hmm. like, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, um, in, you know, in the Bronx as mm-hmm. the as the beatbox, you know, mm-hmm. the human beatbox. Um, but yeah, being an Asian kid, I guess it was a little it was kind of surprising to people, mm-hmm. like that I was like as good as I was, you know, doing what I did. Um and I yeah, it got it got me like a lot of street cred, you know, mm-hmm. with like, you know, all the different groups and stuff. Like I was cool with like 
pretty much everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because I was the beatbox kid yeah. and like everybody could enjoy it. And it wasn't something that's, you know, closed off to one, you know, group right. of, you know, music, musical preference or like culture or mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. So yeah, beatboxing opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. yeah. Um, so within that though, like, um, so being the unassuming Asian kid, kind mm-hmm. of uh, developing the skill, because from what, my understanding, when I go back to guys like Dougie Fresh and Razelle, mm-hmm. as as game changer and as cutting edge as they were, when I see beatboxers nowadays and some of the techniques and right. stuff that, uh, you know, sounds and instrumentations that I would never even think you can imitate vocally. Mm-hmm. So with you, because I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I've even seen your, your development. I'm like, yo, Terry's making some crazy noises coming out of his mouth these days like how did you even get that whole dubstep sound in there right. to you know what i mean so um with that like um i, I mean I, I think in any art form everything evolves dance evolves mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know from from athlete at, at, you know sports evolve i mean you mm-hmm, look at basketball mm-hmm. players now and you know yep, even 30 years ago that, like yeah. they have so much different sort of athleticism and skills yeah. you know so um how, how is that for yourself as you know, a kid who kind of looked up to the greats and the OGs and, and the skills that they had and then um, developing your own style and your own sounds and all that. Because I'm sure there's a whole thing about originality and mm-hmm, all that stuff mm-hmm. even within the beatbox realm too, right? So how did you kind of develop those skills to evolve it to where you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like any artist or anyone who is trying to start something, they're always going to look up to somebody first. Yeah. So, you know, I looked up to Razel. Um, I looked up to Kenya Muhammad. I looked up to Faith SFX. Um, a mixture of old school and, like, true school beatboxers. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, not like the new school, but, like, kind of, like, the pioneers of the new school. Because yeah. right now the new school are, like, the 14-year-olds, the 13-year-olds, and they're crazy. But are they killing it right now, these the young kids? They are killing it, but at the same time, some of the core essence and values of uh-huh. beatboxing are, are getting lost along the way. Huh. Or not lost, but like they're being transformed. So beatboxing is no longer just a hip-hop thing. Uh-huh. It's very much a pop thing. Uh-huh. Like there's all sorts of different styles and genres, and there's no you can't really conform it to one certain specific style right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's very eclectic. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, some of, like I said, you know, some of the essences, like, that I fell in love with, with beatboxing are getting kind of lost. Like, mm. nowadays, it's all about technicality and, like, you know, all like, how many different sounds can you do? Like, how many new sounds can you do? For me, it's very much, while I enjoy that, and I love that, and I think it's great, and I also try to, you know, try to up my complexity and yeah. up the technicality always, um, I'm very much deeply rooted in, like just like the foundations of beatboxing, like having good sounds, mm-hmm. um, good flow. Flow is super important. It's all about the flow. Nowadays, mm-hmm. no one talks about flow really. Mm-hmm. They're usually talking about like combos and drops yeah. and stuff. It's not about how does it make you feel. Mm-hmm. It's about, yeah, it's literally about the beatbox sure. it's not about the emotion you yeah. know what i'm saying so uh. for me when my style i like to be really dynamic and like like to take you on a journey mm-hmm. um and so i feel like some of that is being lost mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. especially with the internet because with the internet you can't you know what i'm saying it's yeah. you know video you know screen to person there's no even if you were emitting emotion and really giving an emotional performance like 
there's no way to actually feel that without being there because beatboxing mm. is something you t- need to experience live mm. watching it on the computer you're not getting the same experience yeah, yeah. no way not even like one tenth of the experience sure. um yeah. you have to be able to feel it in your chest like when i hit like like when i hit a bass gear like you just feel everything shake yeah, like the yeah. subs and stuff um or even without a microphone and sound system just doing it in your face yeah. it's such a different experience um and so I think because of that, we're becoming desensitized to to many things wow. because of the internet. Um, <clears throat> for somebody who doesn't know about beatbox culture, I mean, you know, for me, I, I kind of just know probably maybe just the surface level of it. I, I can appreciate, obviously, when you mentioned live performance, yeah, obviously, anytime I've seen a beatbox live, I'm just blown mm-hmm. away. I'm like, how is this even happening? But for somebody like myself who doesn't who may not know the foundations of it, so can you kind of walk us through when you say that some of the essence of it is mm-hmm. kind of being lost? Um, so what would you say are... Uh, is there is there foundational beatboxing and, and like you said the the feeling the emitting emotion to um, quality of sound and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so like in your mind what, what would you say is kind of like the foundational elements of beatboxing? I would definitely say um, you know having a realistic sound like a sound quality, um, flow like groove having a groove having mm-hmm. a, having you know you gotta have soul when you're beatboxing you know what I'm saying like you can't just be a robot. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, we are robots because we're like, <laughs> no, no, you know, like, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> we are robots, it's but tight. we can't become mechanical with, uh-huh. with our art because once you're mechanical, it's just like, it's monotonous. It's like, it's, yeah, you know, you just have yeah. the keyboard, duh, 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 sure. like, you know, there's no feeling, um, feeling, uh-huh. feeling super important, quality of sound, um, rhythm, rhythm's important. Mm-hmm. Rhythm, if you don't have rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. how to keep a state of rhythm, then mm-hmm. it's no bueno. Um, yeah, those are most of them. And then, obviously, musicality. Musicality yeah. is actually making a comeback right now in beatboxing. Mm-hmm. There's a couple beatboxers who are bringing a more musical style, which is dope because it's changing the trend of just being super technical. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, you need to be technical to be considered good in this day mm-hmm. and age as a beatboxer. What 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 is musicality in in context to beatboxing? It means I, think like, I get that in dance terms, but yeah, right. In dancing, it means like hitting the note, hitting sure. you know the beats and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, in beatboxing, I feel like it means more about uh, integrating melodies and having some sort of musical notes. Ah, so instrumentation, and instrumentation. And, okay, yeah, got it. okay. That's what musicality for me is uh, in beatboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like musicality, uh, quality of sound, flow, um, dynamic is important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you start beatboxing or um, performing like a robot, there's no dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all one straight line. Yeah. Um, whereas I like to like really take people on like a crazy up yeah. and down roller coaster yeah. ride. Um, and so, yeah, a little bit of that is getting lost right yeah. now. Okay. Um, I might sound like an old bitter OG, like <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I think why I'm asking you one, I don't know, because I'm, right. I'm one of, the, I'm just over here ignorant. But um, this, this show, I think, is something that um, I love that it's an educational platform. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, you're a dancer and you're tuning in because you love dance, or whether you care about. <laughs> Food, music, yeah. beatboxing, right? And so if I'm a kid who is into Korean effects and I don't know what the whole, you know, rhyme or reason to how to become a good beatboxer is, I just want to make a bunch of cool sounds come out. Mm-hmm. I think it's dope that, like, you're over here giving, like, foundations and fundamentals of 
like what it what it takes to actually have a good foundation and you know like you said the the live performance side of it if you don't have those things naturally in you Mm -hmm. it could be i mean that's cool like you made a bunch of cool sounds but i didn't feel anything you're not making people's faces melt you know there's no purpose yeah yeah so i mean it's it's cool man I, i love that uh that you know that foundational side of it and that's something i didn't even know um what are some of the like the biggest kind of placements that you've had in terms of collaborations i know you mentioned you know when john chu hit you up Mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. commercial so what are some of the big moments that you've had to kind of break through and kind of get your name out there yeah that's definitely one of them um huge you know international campaign it was you know the commercial was on tv i was on the internet it was in the theaters it was huge um after that i would say you know ellen was a big thing yeah. 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 Ellen was a big thing. Um, that was a huge stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like, I guess, throughout the years, just making my videos and stuff, it every video kind of brought a different, like it shed a different light on me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was putting these videos out, I guess people were really like, they're really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, other people started hitting me up to collab and stuff. And so I started working uh, a lot with uh, Walk Off the Earth, which is a band on okay. YouTube. They did um, this really big cover of Gautier, Somebody That I Used to Know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Five yeah. people on one guitar. Yep. Um, you know, so I started collabing with them a lot, which mm-hmm. brought a lot of new opportunities and stuff. Um, and then, like, I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't really remember everything, mm-hmm. not in the sense that it wasn't important, but in the sense where I don't really want to dwell in the past because there's yeah. so much more happening. Yeah, totally. But like, I'm trying to think, like, what are some of the, you know, milestone moments that I've had when I was younger? Definitely, um, like, I was on Canada's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the Microsoft commercials on Ellen. Taylor Swift tweeted me one, t- er, one time. Um and then I guess moving to LA, just mm. I was able to meet so many people. Like you know, I would go to parties and I would meet like you know Samantha Ronson, Mark Ronson's brother, and mm-hmm. she'd be like, "Yo, come studio." And I was yeah. like, oh, "Word." It's like you know, I see her on Twitter. It's like, "Oh, she's got like two million followers." Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just being in LA was yeah. definitely life changing. Just opening all these doors. Um, I ended up getting like a commercial the, the year after that for uh, for Bud Light. Mm-hmm. It was a Super Bowl commercial. Sick. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I've just been super blessed and lucky yeah. to be honest with you. Like, I wonder how how many times I've said like this <laughs> this interview. It's all good, man. I say it all the time. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> um, what what? Yeah, uh, so after being in LA, though, I mean, you're exposed to yeah, uh, people all over, right? You mm-hmm. go to parties, you meet people, opportunities keep coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, do, would you say that through your LA experience, uh, it's been kind of on a constant high, or I mean, has it kind of been? you know, up and down roller coaster like? I think it varies. I mean, you know, my my career has its seasons. Mm-hmm. So I get busy and then I, you know, and then it kind of dies down for a bit and then mm-hmm. it gets busy again. I mean, that's with any art, I feel yeah. like. Any sort of working artist. Totally. You're never going to really know um, yeah. when the next gig's coming in unless you have like a set. Obviously, if you're like on a longstanding show or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah. So that's so what I want to ask. So, like, in those moments where you feel like you're on a low, or things just aren't as cracking, the gigs aren't as you know frequent, and or maybe they're not as big as you would like them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as artists, we can get discouraged by those downtimes because yes. we think that 
I'm hitting a low because no I'm, one wants me. Anymore. Yeah, I'm not good no anymore, right. or I'm not putting anything out. That's right. that's uh, there's no appetite for what I'm putting out. So in those times, you know, I guess yeah, inspiration is the big question. How do you stay mm-hmm. inspired? Um, and then what do you do when you feel like you're uninspired? Mm-hmm. And how do you kind of handle those those lulls? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it can definitely be very daunting and demoralizing not getting mm-hmm. work and having no one hit you up for however X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened to me and I've, uh, you know, I've gone like depressed and shit. Like, I'd be like, fuck, like, damn, am I done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, sure enough, it always turns around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think one of the main important things to do when you're in a sort of rut like that and you're in a slow, you know, kind of a low place Mm -hmm. is to remember what made you fall in love with what you're doing in the first Mm -hmm. place. Because at the end of the day, it's not money that got you into what you're doing. Yep. It is the passion and the love for what you're doing. Like I didn't know I was going to be, you know, be able to make a living out of beatboxing. Mm -hmm. I just did it because it was cool as hell at the time. (laughs) And all my friends and like, all the girls and they were like beatbox (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so i think it's important to to remember what you fell in love with right and and why you're doing it why you enjoy doing it Mm -hmm. um and just remember that like there's so many people who have it worse than you (laughs) that's also one of the things that i think about like i think about how lucky i am to even be in a position to think and contemplate totally my position as an artist yeah or my viability as an artist like Mm -hmm. to be even able to contemplate that is a privilege on its own Mm -hmm. you know most people who do music or who do any sort of art whether it be dance whether it be you know theater whether it be acting most people don't make enough money to get by in in la do you know what i'm saying like the the norm is not you know that's not the norm yeah yeah so when you're in that low place it can definitely be daunting and like I said, demoralizing, but you have to remember that, you know, greatness usually rises. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I won't say that the best become the most popular and the most famous, but I will say that when you're like really good or when you're good at what you do, people will notice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're good at social media. It doesn't matter if you know how to market yourself. I mean, it matters, but at the yeah. end of the day, if you're good, you're good. Mm-hmm. People will see you. If you want your, if you want to be seen, you'll be seen. Like unless you're trying to hide it from the world. But if you're good, and you at least put yourself out there, mm-hmm. people are gonna see it and they're gonna gravitate towards that. Yeah. Because when you're good at something, people get an energy and they get a high from it. Right. You know, you're you're sharing your art with someone, and when you can share it to a point where they feel it there is a connection being made and mm-hmm. that connection is what gets you the gigs it's right. what gets you the fans it's right. what gets you people listening and watching your stuff and so <clears throat> it's funny because like you know you're, we're talking about when you don't get gigs what do you do to find inspiration or how do you kind of bounce back mm-hmm. um it's crazy because i've been in that position so many times where i'm like damn it's super slow right now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just like, I'll just remember why I fell in love with, beep, with beatboxing and I'll go mm-hmm. back and I'll, I'll kind of try and get that same feeling that I had when I was mm-hmm. younger. 
and it's crazy. Like, sure enough, I'll just get an email like the next day and say, Hey, we want to, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so yeah. crazy how life works. Yeah, to totally. Well, I think what you're saying is, is great. We, we talk about why on this show all the time. And I think, uh, I think what we try to emphasize to everybody, you know, is to, uh, understand why you do anything, whether it's uh, a career move or relationship or why you hang out with the friends you hang out with mm-hmm. to why do you eat the foods that you eat, you know, like you got to know why. And, you know, with you going back to um, inspiration and stuff like that and going back to you choosing this as a career path, there was a, a moment where you said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you probably at that point knew why because you like, I, I, there's nothing else it. I'd want to do, yeah. right? I was like, no plan. Yeah, so if you go back to that, if you love something that much um, and you're not going to base the success of that or your love for that, should I say, based off of the work you're getting Mm -hmm. because you would have done it regardless, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And if you're really good at something and you really love it, you're going to keep doing it. So, right. Regardless of who sees yeah. it. Yeah, so like the, what, what we're talking about now is consistency. You know, as long as you are, you grow your your foundation, you know, you, you build on um, a firm foundation where you know that your skills are legit. Like, this is not fabricated. Right. And I, I put in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, put, I put in my due diligence, right? And I know what I'm doing. I just need to keep doing it keep putting it out sooner or later it'll come back around right because right. everything circle. everything comes in waves right i mm-hmm. mean just like the the waves at the beach i mean you don't just see a wave just here the whole time at some right. point it crashes and then at some point it picks back up mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. everything has a cycle yeah everything has a season yeah i love that man so um so outside of let's say beatboxing mm-hmm. though um would do, do you i guess have this sort of plan or do you feel like beatboxing is gonna just be a forever thing do you do you have kind of vision for where, where you feel like if and when this thing kind of chills out what you would yeah. kind of transition into i mean so now i'm you know i'm getting a little bit older and i mean i don't think everyone wants to see like an old dude beatboxing I think. <laughs> maybe they do maybe they know. do i've always seen like a hella old dude I mean, beatboxing i don't know how much longer that entails like yeah. being considered like an old dude beatboxing yeah. stage. I mean, you know, Razel's still performing, Dougie Fresh still performs here yeah, and there. Yeah. You know, and they're still killing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I want beatboxing to be a part of my life, yeah. my whole life. Um, but I may segue into like, you know, maybe like events production mm-hmm. or some sort of like maybe start like a beatbox agency sure. or things like this, you mm-hmm. know, beatbox school, different different things like this. Um, that's definitely what I want to do is, mm-hmm. is stay in the vein of beatboxing yeah. and music. Um, but it might not, yeah, you know, later down the road, you know, who knows? Yeah. What are you, what are you into outside of it? I mean, even just as like hobby and stuff like that, what kind of, what sorts of things do you do when oh, you're not, not beatboxing? beatboxing? Yeah. Um, you know, my life kind of revolves around beatboxing. Word. It's pretty crazy. Okay. So it's yeah. kind of sprinkled in everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not beatboxing, I really like food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go crazy with food. Yeah. Um, you know, I like hanging with the boys, you know. Yeah. Not too much of a drinker, but I do like going out to drink, like, you know, going out. Yeah, make, just you know, socializing yeah, and chilling. Socializing. That's what's up, man. You know, I don't really go out much, but when I do, I, you know, I go kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to say I was out last night till 7 a.m. But you're not going to not but say that. I'm either. not going to not say that. <clears throat> I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> but the hat kind of low, huh? Yeah, there's a pur- <laughs> there's a purpose for that. 
That's what's up, man. That's the Terry we all know and love. <laughs> I still um, made it, though. <laughs> yeah, man. So being in L.A., though, what are what are some, uh, I guess, life tips that you've picked up, you know, understanding industry now and the entertainment mm-hmm. industry and kind of oh. how it ebbs and flows and oh, all of yeah. that? Yeah, what are some uh, life mean, tips that you've kind of picked up? Just, you know, a couple pro tips in just the entertainment industry is that people will try to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. People will try to swindle you and try to, you know grab you um you got to find people you can trust Mm. in la Mm -hmm. that's i think that's the most important thing people you can trust because at the end of the day everyone everyone's gonna prioritize themselves first Mm -hmm. but it's a matter of you know how selfless can you be to like help other people at the same time Mm -hmm. so when i first moved i I was such a happy-go-lucky kid like i thought everyone was like the best and everyone was so nice Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, it just fades away. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a facade. Like, mm-hmm. that whole, you know, yeah, yeah, let's work, let's build. Like, it's not all a facade, but at the end of the day, I wonder how many times I've said at the end of the day. <laughs> but at the okay, end of the man. day, not everyone's down for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. going to have people who, who flay. You're going to have sure. people who fall through. You're going to have people who don't hit you up anymore. But as long as you're able to find a good system, like a good support system, mm-hmm. um, you'll probably be all right. Like yeah. I know a couple of people who I consider like good friends. Like mm-hmm. I have on the, I can count on one hand people who I consider like, you know, good friends. Yeah. And then I have like a few mentors out here too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, LA is a good place to learn. It's a good place to learn. Cause you go through a lot of shit out here. Mm-hmm. You go through a lot of life things, a lot of work things. Um, I think my first like real girlfriend was in LA. Mm. So I definitely learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Having like a like a like a two year relationship, like mm-hmm. you know, living together. Shit. But other than that, um I feel like LA is a place where people go to like make their dreams come true. Mm. And everyone views LA as like, oh, Hollywood and it's all this and that and yeah. glam. Um, but it's really not. <laughs> it's mm. very down and dirty and gritty, mm. um, literally and physically, <laughs> yeah. figuratively. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it uh, it puts a skin on you, a thick yeah. skin on you. Yeah, you know? totally. That's why a lot of people get jaded out here. Mm-hmm. You know, they get jaded. You know, they live out here for a few years and the, and then they're not. They lose the light. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? They lose the spark. Um, and everyone was like, don't, don't get jaded, Terry, don't get jaded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I could kind of sense what they were talking about mm-hmm. actually towards like last year. I'm like, Hmm, I kind of feel a little jaded because of LA because it's kind of like, Oh, been there, done that in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But I realized there's so many different ways to experience things and there's so many different opportunities mm-hmm. on the horizon. It's like, Life is crazy. It's mm-hmm. there's things are always happening. It's mm-hmm. ne- you know nothing is ever the same. Yeah, nothing will ever stay the same. It's crazy. Yeah, you mentioned um, uh, having a good support system. So mm-hmm. in in a from a personal level to a work level, do you have a team that you constantly kind of like rely upon to kind of man their stations to kind of help you well, I have do pe- what you got to do? Yeah, I have people who you know are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and who helped me do what I'm doing. Right, so, like, you right. know, I'll have, like, you know, a specific uh, music producer, engineer that I like to go to, you know, over at um, 5A, you yep. know, Peter and Edward. Yeah. Uh, I usually record all my stuff there. Mm-hmm. 
um, if I need help in like the TV business, I have this one uh, producer friend, Jude, Jude Wang. She's uh, amazing. She, she invites me to like Thanksgivings dinners, mm-hmm. like to, to her family Thanksgiving dinners and stuff. Um, she opened up her home to me and stuff. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Jude Wang, um, yeah. dope producer, dope writer. Um, I have, you know, uh, other people who, yeah, just, you know, I got you guys, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. in all, all sort yep. of, all fields. I've, sure. got, I've got people that I look yeah, up to for sure, up, man. How would you define success? Mm, success. I mean, there's definitely a lot of ways you could define success. So many ways. It's such a multifaceted, you know, goal mm-hmm. to obtain success. You know, it could be through money, which is obviously the most common, you know, way of determining success that mm-hmm. people see. Um, but once you see money, you realize that money doesn't really make you successful mm-hmm. or happy. Mm-hmm. I think what makes you successful ultimately is if you if you're like feeling your work like mm-hmm. if you enjoy what you do i think you're successful mm. if like if i didn't enjoy making music or making videos <clears throat> i wouldn't feel like i'm successful mm. you know what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> i might be in other people's eyes sure. but if you don't have that passion and that love for what you're doing i don't think you're successful mm. I think that you need to love what you're doing. Even if you're doing something in finance or some uh, administrative yeah. job, yeah. as long as you love it yeah. and you enjoy doing what you do, like you enjoy crunching numbers or you enjoy organizing things or, you know, on some Mary Kondo shit, you know, like you yeah. just enjoy, <laughs> you know, it has to spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't spark joy, you're yeah. not succeeding. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I you know, agree. you see people with millions and millions of dollars, but they're empty inside Mm -hmm. like they're they're not happy Mm -hmm. it's crazy i've seen this before but then you've also got people who are super rich who are happy because they have a you know lovely family and you know they know how to give back and you know how to fulfill themselves so i think success ultimately is loving what you do Mm -hmm. you know obviously you need to have enough make enough money to like support yourself but if you're if you have a roof on your head and you have food on the table, and you love what you do, I think that's success right there. Mm. I think Word. so. Word. That's yeah. what's up, man. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a lightning round with you. Uh, that's cool, man. We're going to fire off some questions. Got to come off top. Be as pres- or you know as, as short as you can, but if you got to elaborate, it's all good. But all you just got to right, come right, off right. top. Here we go. <clears throat> lightning round in three, two, one. Best beatboxer of all time. Faith SFX. Oh, okay. And Brazil. And Kenny Mohamed. <laughs> oh, okay. All equal. Equal props. Oh, there's too many. It's too <laughs> many. Next question. We'll just, we'll just leave, it so leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, okay. Dream collab. Hmm. Probably with Drake. <laughs> Dang, that'd be sick, or the weekend. dude. Yeah. Um, is there a your hardest beatboxing technique or the, the most difficult technique that you've had to learn, and can you demonstrate it? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's called like the vacuum. vacuum. Um, so basically, it's a technique that goes like um, a... <clears throat> so basically, it's all breathing in. So like, that's crap. like the hard part. It's like all that. <laughs> so like you're doing all that as you're sucking air yes. into your lungs. Every, every sound is, is breathing in. Yeah. That's wild. That was tight. The vacuum. The vacuum. Um, mm. Fun fact about you that most people don't know. Hmm... I guess I dropped out of high school. That's okay. 
Can I can I give a fun fact about you that most people okay. Might okay. Not know? <laughs> well, let me let me put it in question form. Okay. Terry, do you know how to whistle? Damn. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't whistle. Out of all the hundreds and thousands of sounds I can make, I can't actually whistle. That's wild to me. I don't, like that to me, I'm just like you know, you think a beatboxer is like, bro, they probably, you know, like I can like, whistle, but like not like properly. Okay. Like I could do it in the studio, I but just like. I think it's just really funny, man. I mean, it's cool. You could do tons of other things that I can't yeah. do, but I got whistling on you. So we're good. Um, if you weren't beatboxing, what would you be doing? Um, That's a good question. I would be either a lawyer or an actor. Lawyer and actor. Have you ever dabbled in either field? I mean, I went to like that art school, so like drama was like it okay. was a class. I did okay. a little bit of acting, um, and you know I've been in a few commercials, so it's like I yeah it's yeah acting, you can get even though it. I'm just myself. But um, and then a uh, lawyer, I like uh, like arguing, I guess, or like okay. debating, debating. Kind of, yeah, debating. Kind That's of. What's up? Yeah. Um, favorite performance or place that you've ever played at? City or Red Bull BC One with Mike Song at the uh, the ten year anniversary in uh, Chamshul Arena. That was tight. I remember watching that that live streaming. It was like super early in the morning. I was in Vegas at the time, but it was probably three four in the morning in Vegas, and I was seeing it live. I was cheering you guys on from my living room, dude. It was tight. I think that was so sick. That was definitely, you know, it's not even about the amount of people. It's just the experience. Yeah. It was crazy. It's probably got to be one of the rawest vibes. It was crazy. It's tight. It was crazy. Um, what's your worst fear? My worst fear is. Hmm. I guess not being able to fulfill like my potential as a as a as an artist to like really put myself out there and be remembered. I mm. guess. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Like Word. I don't want to be forgotten. <laughs> so you want your legacy to be yeah, alive. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Um, less of, more of. So what would you like to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? Uh, definitely a lot less hate and just like bigotry and racism right now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see more... I mean, it's cheesy, but just like more, more love, more good energy, mm. you know. Word. Um, yeah. What <laughs> is your? You. No, nah, man, it's real. That's what you care about. That's <laughs> yeah. what lightning round is. It's what you think about off the top of your head. That's the yeah. real stuff, dude. Um, golden rule. What's your golden rule? Your life mantra. Um, I think my golden rule is definitely. Um, one of them is like quality over quantity. Um, I think another one is. You know, do unto others as you would do, you know, yeah. as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, that's like, the legit, you know, straight tr- up out of the Bible yeah, golden rule. You want to <laughs> treat, treat people the way you, you yeah. want to be treated, right? So I always try to be, you know, nice and courteous to people, regardless Word. of situation or, you know, you know, wherever you're from or whatever. Um, and then if from that they do something that is like, yo, you're whack, then it's like, okay, you're whack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, I wasn't the one. Who kind of was like, yeah, <coughs> you know what I'm trying to say. So yeah, no, I get <laughs> you. I get you, man. <laughs> yeah, Terry, man, you gotta be good, you know. Yeah, 
Be good to people. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, zero. Um, bro, man, it's been dope. Like riding with you over the few years, man. It's, it's been, been dope. A, it's been a ride working, you know, with you on projects, and yeah. uh, I think we're due for another one. Yep. With, you know, with Ken, just you know, I mean, we got you know, we we're talking earlier about some mm-hmm. of the projects mm-hmm. that we got coming up. For but sure. um, yeah, man, it's it's dope, dude. Congrats, like just killing it out here. Not, I don't even want to just say for Asian Americans because I feel like that's kind of. Yeah, that's we're, it's, we're, that we're beyond it. Yeah. yeah, and I think we're we're. I love that we're breaking barriers so that we can, you know, just be accepted for the skill and, and the yeah. talent. You know what I mean? I, I think you're pushing that. Um, yeah, man. I, like, I know that you got so much more left. You got you got a lot more gas in your tank, and I feel like you're, in my opinion, one of uh, the best that I know of. You know what I mean? So I think you're definitely. You're carving that legacy, man. You're carving that legacy. Trying, brother, trying. Same as you guys, man. Just trying to just trying to keep up with y'all. Thank you, man. Thank y'all you. We're, killing it we're so all killing it. We're all pushing together, man. We all gotta do it together. Yep. Um, what's uh yeah, plug away your your social media, anything else coming up exciting that mm-hmm. you wanna plug away, man. Uh, Go for it. You know, KRNFX at KRNFX. Um I don't have any video new videos right now, but I definitely got some things coming out like next month in like April. Um, I got this big uh, campaign coming out. Can't really talk about it yet, though. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all good. yeah, all the things that I have coming up, I can't really talk about <laughs> it. But um, we're definitely going to do something. Yep. Kinjas, yep. Korean effects, you know how it is. That, yeah, that's, that's definitely like my favorite collaboration, the dance box. Like ABDC one, ABDC one was super intense. And yeah. then the Red Bull one has like its own intensity. Mm-hmm. But definitely, yeah, definitely my favorite collab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's Love not just it, dancing and beatboxing. It's like we really do something special, like a little different. Yeah, I don't think people understand the 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 slight the slightness of human human error, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. timing is like we're human. We're not going to be always on point. So for movement to be in sync with the audio, yep, and it's all live. Yeah, it's, it's not all like live. you're rehearsing to a track. It's that was actually, live. to be honest, that's probably one of my most memorable performances like of my life abdc know, was as sick. a dancer yeah that was a that might have yeah it's be, it's either that or like the red bull because that one was sick in terms yeah. of just the whole production because it was such a large group and we had different scenes and stuff and i just remember that one the one point where i do the yeah and you you and and um and the twinges i think uh, and Darren, you have your little your little set where you, yep. you kind of slide, and then mm-hmm. I slid with you guys. Yep. And it was yep. like it was crazy. It was like absolute like choreography that yeah, you, you know were even doing. You know yeah, time, right? yeah. It was like a yeah. We all moved like a little pyramid. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, that, was tight, that man. one was dope. It's yeah. Fun building stuff like that. Yeah, we're gonna do Y'all more, man. Won, no. we're gonna <laughs> do more. Definitely do more. Yeah. Um, but dude, thanks for coming through and chatting with us, man. Thank, thank you for having you. me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, Mike Fowl's not here, but uh, yeah, if you guys are listening, if you guys are digging what we're doing over here, drop us that uh, five star rating, leave us a review, um, share it, share it with your friends. If you feel like this is providing some value in your life, please share it. Um, follow us on IG at Kinja's Podcast, cast with the K. Uh, kinjas.com slash podcast we can get all the latest news the show notes are all up on there we have a lot of cool exclusive offers and stuff that you'll only find in the show notes so get up on there um but yeah thanks for listening you guys and we'll see y'all next time peace peace